This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We have a trade to announce. Oh, yeah, Gary. More trades. More trades. More trades. Hook it into my veins, Gary. We have a trade to announce. Back to being Oprah. It's so good. It's nonstop NHL news. Play that one more time. We have a trade to announce. It's so good. Oh, it's so it. good. You love it. It's it is the best time of the NHL offseason. Welcome to a special draft day edition of Sportsnet today. Happy Wednesday. Happy first round of the NHL draft. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in, whether live or on the podcast. And yes, we have more NHL news after a Tuesday filled, after a weekend filled. Of NHL action. The GMs are not done. We haven't even kicked off round one of the NHL draft. The draft floor isn't even open up to the GMs yet. They haven't started arriving at their respective tables, and we have more moves to get you to. The Avalanche are busy again. The Bruins are busy. We've got re signings. The Pittsburgh Penguins are busy. News about their trade breaks just minutes before we hit the air today. And they might have taken a very special piece out of Las Vegas. We will get to all of that as the show goes on. Obviously, Flames and draft coverage at the top of the list today as the Flames came to terms with their newest player in Yegor Sharangovich, signing him to a two-year contract today. Worth $3.1 million on the AAV that announced by his agent, Dan Milstein. So, Yegor Sharangovich, a pending RFA, will not go to arbitration with the Flames. Uh, less than 24 hours after being acquired by the team, he has signed a two-year deal with the team and will remain uh, with the team for the next uh, couple of years. That's all done up. He is a UFA at the end of that contract, but we'll get into all of that. As the day goes on, who do we have on tap for the show today? Derek Wills is going to join us, the voice of the Calgary Flames. We'll get Derek's thoughts on the Yegor Sharangovich trade. What's next for the Flames? A little bit of draft talk with Derek as well, but we'll save a lot of our draft talk with our pal Julian McKenzie uh, from The Athletic. Covers the Flames. He's in Nashville working this, so he'll be live on the draft floor throughout the day. We'll get uh, Julian's thoughts on what he's seen. Uh, what he's heard from the Flames, all the stuff about the draft coming up today. It's a busy show. Cam is here. Taylor's here. Ben's here. The whole crew uh, here for you on Sportsnet today. Reminder, the fan feedback line is always open to you at 960-960. We'll get into the hockey talk in just a few moments here, but uh, I did want to start today on a bit of a somber note. Uh, There's no easy way to, to transition into it. Um, but if you uh, are a sports fan in the city of Calgary, uh, you are very aware of the name Dan Carson. Uh, he's a radio legend in this city. 
He's a football legend, a sports legend. Uh, if you're a country music fan here in Calgary, odds are you listen to Dan as part of the Odd Squad for decades on Country 105. Uh, after his, his long tenure in Country 105, Dan spent some time with our sister station in the building here, uh, City News 660. And the unfortunate news came down today that Dan Carson has passed away at the age of 60. Uh, Dan has also been the play, uh, the PA announcer at McMahon Stadium for the Calgary Stampeders for the past 31 years. Uh, he was just at the microphone Saturday for the Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I just wanted to take a second to recognize Dan. Um, as a member of the radio family, as a member of the sports family, as a guy that I, I didn't know incredibly well personally. Uh, we saw each other. We talked here and there uh, around our, our building here with him being over at 660 and us here at 960 and obviously having a, a mutual love of sports. Dan was always so kind uh, to everybody that he met. He was uh, a beaming light. He was funny. He was outgoing. He loved the Stampeders. He loved sports. And it's a massive loss for the community. Um, and I just wanted to let everybody know I'm thinking about Dan's family. I'm thinking about his friends today um, because I know you lost a very special person in your life. And I know there's plenty of people in the city of Calgary who, like I said, listen to Dan. If you were at McMahon Stadium the last three decades, you might not have known the face. You might not have known the man, but you heard his voice. And I can tell you for, you know, without a doubt that going to McMahon the next time, whoever takes over the PA mic at McMahon stadium, you know, it's going to feel weird for me not to hear Dan's voice over that loudspeaker. Um, and again, just really thinking about his friends and family today on what's got to be a, a very hard time for them. So uh, rest in peace to Dan Carson, a radio legend here in the city of Calgary and, and all the best to his friends and family uh, during this really hard time. Uh, no easy way to move on, but we will. We'll move into what's been another busy day in the NHL ahead of the draft. Round one begins tonight in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. We spent most of the day yesterday going over all the trades that we saw. Alex Newhook got traded. The Pierre-Luc Dubois deal got done. Kevin Hayes got done to St. Louis. Mackenzie Blackwood got done to San Jose. Well, it's been another busy day of movement across the NHL. We told you about the Sharon Govich deal for the Flames, two-year deal for the RFA at $3.1 million on the AAV. The Colorado Avalanche, again, busy today. Ryan Johansson, an acquisition from them earlier on this week, moved out Alex Newhook yesterday. Today, they bring in a two-time Stanley Cup champion in Ross Colton from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for the 37th overall pick. That's an early second-round pick at the draft that they acquired as part of the Alex Newhook trade yesterday. So the Avalanche all of a sudden reworking their center ice position, acquiring Ryan Johansson and now Ross Colton and picking up a first round pick along the way. So another really impressive piece of work from the Colorado Avalanche. This one, the most recent trade that we have broke just moments before we hit the airwaves today. Kevin Weeks from ESPN, the first on this one, how about the Vegas Golden Knights? All the talk about there's no loyalty in Vegas. They'll do whatever's best for the organization. Well, they reminded everybody that apparently a Stanley Cup's not going to change that. 
Riley Smith, one of the original Vegas Golden Knights, one of the originals from Florida who helped them to a Stanley Cup victory. See you later, Riley. You are off to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Riley Smith traded to the Pens for a third-round draft pick. After 56 points in 78 games in the regular season and a very productive postseason with 14 points in 22 games, Riley Smith traded for a third-round pick to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We also have a couple of re-signings today. We had an eight-year deal for Pierre-Luc Dubois as part of the sign-in trade that he got with the LA Kings. Well, Timo Meyer signing an eight-year contract extension of his own today with the New Jersey Devils. $70.4 million total money. Pierre Lebrun of the Athletic first on that. That's an eight-year deal worth $8.8 million per season after he was acquired from the San Jose Sharks last season. So Timo Meyer and new teammate Tyler Toffoli in New Jersey. Uh, so the Devils stay busy. And another piece of Flames-related news, uh, Rick Dollywall out of Vancouver, the first on this one, that Milan Lucic and the Boston Bruins appear set to reunite uh, in Boston. Lucic was given permission by the Flames earlier this week to uh, explore free agent opportunities with any interested teams. And it appears he's come to a deal uh, with the Bruins that will see him sign back in Boston where he started his NHL career on a one-year deal worth $900,000 once free agency opens on Saturday. So Sharon Govich re-signed. Meyer re-signed on an eight-year deal in New Jersey. Riley Smith from the Golden Knights to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ross Colton on his way to Colorado. And Milan Lucic appears set to reunite with the Boston Bruins when free agency kicks off. That we're still like three hours away from round one of the NHL's uh, draft beginning tonight in Nashville. It's been a crazy, crazy 48 hours in the NHL. Of course, for the Calgary Flames, their big move yesterday, Tyler Toffoli traded to the New Jersey Devils for Yegor Sharangovich and a third-round pick. That pick was originally Calgary, originally Calgary's. It took a long and winding road to wind back with the Calgary Flames, uh, but they do wind up getting the 80th overall pick back in their pocket and now have a selection in all three of the first rounds of the draft. Uh, GM Craig Conroy hopped on with Pat Steinberg yesterday on Flames Talk just moments after the trade broke to talk to Pat, and in case you missed it yesterday, you wanted the latest thinking from the Flames GM on his first major trade as this team's GM. Here's Craig Conroy with Pat yesterday breaking down the Yegor Sharon Govich acquisition. Let's uh, head down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline on this Tuesday as the Flames have made a trade and acquired Yegor Sharon Govich and a third-round pick and sent Tyler Toffoli the other way. General Manager Craig Conroy is with us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now. Craig, appreciate this. Uh, we, we spoke a little earlier on this Tuesday, and uh, nothing had been done at that point. And uh, a number of hours later, you get this deal done with New Jersey. I guess take us through the process of making your first trade as GM of the Flames. You know, it's it's uh, it's been a whirlwind day, just lots of calls, lots of, you know, conversations with GMs. And, and then this one, you know, we've talked about it for a little while, and, 
it just started to come together, uh, you know, probably in the afternoon here and then, then to be able to get it done. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's been a busy couple of days, but, you know, to be able to get one, uh, one done and get ready to move forward kind of coming to the draft. What about what about this deal made it one that you wanted to complete? Uh, what what about this deal do you like from a Flames perspective? We'll talk about Tyler in a second, but tell us about making this deal and and why you like what you're acquiring from New Jersey. Well, the one thing Jaeger Serengovich is a guy that can play all three positions. Uh, Twenty five years old, uh, he's a guy that we feel like he's a, he's a goal scorer very good penalty killer, good size, and skates well. So he, he's a guy that we feel we can kind of bring into the mix and have him play in any position and, and on the PK. And, you know, we even see him with such a good shot that he if he gets some chances on the power play, he might be able to contribute there as well. So it just felt like a good fit for us uh, on that with age and, and what he brings to the team. And, you know, you look at the five-on-five goals and him him and Toffoli are, are very similar. And, you know, we think if we give him a little more ice time and a little opportunity, uh, you know, who, who knows where this goes. Um, and, and I would imagine, you know, hoping that, he can get back to those totals from a couple of years ago when he put up 24 goals. He had 13 goals this past season, but 24 goals the year before. Is that is that more where you see him, kind of in the 2025 range in terms of how he could produce and what he could produce? Yeah, his minutes were down a little this year. Obviously, you know, it's all playing time and who you play with. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we feel. You know, we feel like if we put him in a position to have success, that's uh, – you know that that's what he's going to do. You look at his shot. You look at where he goes to score his goals. Um, we feel like he's going to have success, and and looking forward to finally seeing him. Uh, you know, seeing him in September here with us. So take us through the decision to move on from Tyler Toffoli, Craig. He was your leading scorer last year, but we knew that there was a strong potential that he could be dealt this off season. Take us through how it all came to be that you uh, have decided to to move on from Tyler. You know, it's it's you just you're, you're kind of weighing everything moving forward. It's you're not just looking at this year or next year. You're kind of mapping things out for the next you know three or four years. And we just felt like as good as Tyler played for us, uh, you know, moving forward with what we have, if we could get a little younger and get similar production from a younger guy. And I'm not saying that the 73 points was amazing for Tyler. He, he did everything he could for us, but we just felt like at this time we had to kind of make a make a move and, and get a little younger and get a guy that has a chance to, you know, score some goals for us and, and be a part of this moving forward. The uh, ability to bring in uh, another pick and you get a top 80 pick, the the third round pick, 80th overall, uh, and now you've got one pick in the first four rounds. Just tell us about uh, that, the importance of bringing in another pick and, and, you know, maybe there could be more that uh, could be brought in as you go forward, but getting uh, some more draft capital, how important was that? Well, like you said earlier, like we were talking earlier, Pat, you know, it's a good draft. It's a deep draft. And we feel like, you know, the more chances you have in this draft, the, the better off we're going to be. So I know the guys, uh, all the scouts would be happy about having uh, the 80th pick, too. Also, that's a, that was a bonus for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... How how busy has it been just, and I know there's only so much you can say, but just how busy has it been on the trade front, fielding calls, obviously you were working on this deal. Just what what is the landscape out there from your perspective? You know, I mean, I think everybody's kind of 
feeling everybody else out and trying to figure out what's the best deal. How do they help their team? So, you know, you're taking those calls and, and you're just working through them. You know, what makes sense? What doesn't make sense? You know, how, how we're going to, you know, help the team get better moving forward. And, and we just felt like this one was the kind of started off was, it was a good one for us. Uh, I know you got a lot to do, Craig. Uh, so we'll let you go. Appreciate the time, and uh, thank you for spending a little with us after the deal. And uh, we'll see if we're talking to you again over the next few days. Thank you, Craig. Okay, thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Have a good day. There you go, Flames GM Craig Conroy speaking with Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk yesterday. Immediately after the deal was official, Tyler Toffoli for Yegor Sharangovich and a third round pick. So some more context from the GM there, in case you missed it. I was pretty taken back yesterday when. The initial reports started coming out about how negative a lot of the fan base was to this deal. Um, there's been so much talk in this organization about needing to get younger and you know not pushing all these contracts into their 30s. And yes, I understand that Tyler Toffoli was coming off of a career season. I get that. I don't think Tyler Toffoli is a consistent 73-point player. Was he the best offensive player the Flames had last year? Sure. But generally speaking, this was not a good offensive team compared to the rest of the league. I don't think that a three- or four-year extension for Tyler Toffoli at 31 years old made a lot of sense for this team. The winger market right now is brutal. I just told you before we heard about Craig's uh, conversation with Pat there that Riley Smith got traded for a third-round pick. There's no 25-year-old with NHL experience mixed into that deal. That's a straight-up... You know, Riley Smith, who's right around the 60-point mark for most of his career, going to Pittsburgh for a straight-up third. Taylor Hall got nothing. Pacioretty got nothing. Ryan Johansson was nothing. Hayes got a sixth-round pick. I know that some of those come with added contract headaches, and that can affect the return. Absolutely. But on the same accord, a team acquiring Tyler Toffoli, like the New Jersey Devils, did so without any word of a contract extension. This could be a pure rental for them. I think the Flames took a, a chance on a guy that clearly someone in the organization liked, be it a pro scout, be it a GM, and saw some good qualities in and saw that perhaps with a bigger opportunity in Calgary. Because let's be honest, I think a lot of the time that Sharon Govich got in the top six in New Jersey over the last couple of years was probably overtaken by a guy like Timo Meyer coming in. There's going to be more opportunity in Calgary. He's got a very good shot. He's got uh, a very favorable contract. And again, today, the immediate reaction to a two-year deal was, well, you've walked him right to free agency. He's gone in two years. I, I Look, I, I get it. You're a, we can be a scorned group in Calgary for people leaving. But we're also at the point where, you know, sometimes signing up guys to six, seven-year deals, even four or five-year deals before you've had them in town and seen what they can be is also a risky proposition. I think this makes a lot of sense for both teams. I think it's a low-risk signing for Calgary. We know the salary cap's not going up a lot this year, but potentially next year it goes up by a considerable amount. I think if Sharon Govich has a good year in Calgary and turns out to be a good fit, at this time next year, there's nothing stopping Craig Conroy and the Flames from engaging in negotiations a year out before he gets to free agency. Or depending on where the team is, perhaps he's a trade deadline type of asset for the Calgary Flames. I'm okay with this team, given the age that some of the guys are at, given the longer-term deals that some of the older guys in this organization are at, I'm okay with them taking a stab 
and a younger guy that carries some good upside. That to me is is a is a smart play for this group because look, Jacob Pelche, Matt Coronado, Connor Zary, those kind of guys are gonna come, but they've got very little NHL experience. And I, I think having a guy like Sharon Govich, who is more towards Dylan Dubé, Andrew Mangiapane when it comes to NHL, you know, years, he's really just heading into his fourth NHL season, his fourth full NHL season. That's not very, you know. It's not a large sample size, just over 200 career games for Sharon Govich. I think that's an opportunity worth taking. Is it a home run? I have no idea. I think it's got a possibility to turn into a good deal for the Calgary Flames, but I also think the risk is fairly low because I don't think that signing Tyler Toffoli to a three- or four-year deal, even at a reasonable AAV, made sense for where this organization is going right now. You can disagree, and there's been plenty of disagreement about it. There's been plenty of, and I think a lot of it comes from not knowing a guy in New Jersey as well. We don't see a lot of the Devils. They come here once a year, and if they're not in the postseason, then you see them even less. They've played a bit in the postseason the last couple of years, so I don't expect everybody to be an expert on Yegor Sharangoa, which I'm certainly not, but from what I know about him, I feel there's some upside, and I feel like I'm okay with the GM taking that sort of chance given what we've seen in the marketplace for other wingers. Well, when it comes to Hannafin and Toffoli, if, uh, excuse me, Hannafin and Lindholm, uh, do I expect much more in return for that caliber of player? Yes, absolutely I do. Because I think those guys are guys that you can talk about taking longer seven, eight-year term deals, and I think you can find guys more like Tyler Toffoli on a year-by-year basis than you can Hannah Finn and Lindholm. Those, to me, are going to be the big two to, to judge this on and to judge where the Calgary Flames are going if they do wind up getting moved. So for now, we'll wait and see. He's got a new two-year deal in his pocket. He signed up. He sounds like he's excited to come to Calgary. And I, I said that at the beginning of this whole process when everything started to waver and there's lots of dissent within the organization right now. If I'm Craig Conroy and I'm a fan of this team, I want guys that are going to want to be in Calgary. And if Tyler Toffoli didn't want to be in Calgary for whatever reason, he didn't feel he was a priority or he didn't like the direction the organization was going, that's fine. We're going to find somebody that does want to be in Calgary. We'll uh, continue this chat next. We'll bring in the voice of the Calgary Flames, Derek Wills, to get his thoughts on this. We'll also check in with Julian McKenzie from Nashville coming up on Hour 2. It's round one of the NHL draft tonight, live from Nashville. Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers are going to be on the draft floor in Nashville, bringing you all the live results as they happen, and, of course, bringing you the latest with the Calgary Flames, who are slated to pick 16th overall in tonight's draft. We'll take a break. Derek Wills around the corner as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Rolling on on a Wednesday edition, a special Wednesday edition of Sportsnet Today. Draft day 2023 is here. There's a few hours out from the picks beginning to roll in in Nashville. We got Steinberg and Vickers live in Nashville with all of your coverage later on this evening right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We're busy here on the show breaking down all the NHL moves that we've seen yesterday, today, and at the top of the mind, of course, for most people listening in, 
what's happening with the Calgary Flames and the first domino of the offseason as far as player personnel goes fell yesterday when Tyler Toffoli was traded to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Yegor Sharangovich and a third round pick in this year's draft and to help us break it down and perhaps uh, talk about what's next for the Calgary Flames very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in the voice of the Calgary Flames right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is Derek Wills joining us. Derek, thanks for the time, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Uh, big day yesterday. We didn't necessarily think anything was imminent from the Calgary Flames, but they trade off Tyler Toffoli to New Jersey. Give me your initial thoughts, Derek. Well, it's funny. And until the report came out last week that Tyler Toffoli wanted out, uh, I was not expecting him not to be a member of the Flames for the 2023-2024 season. So that one kind of caught me off guard. And then it's, uh, okay, uh, he wants to move. Chances are uh, he will be moved before the start of the season. Although the guy who's 31, you could probably start the season with him and uh, things aren't going the way you want him to make him uh, a trade deadline target for some teams. But uh, I don't mind the return. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It, it doesn't blow me away. I don't feel the same way about this trade that I felt about the trade the Flames made with the Hurricanes when they brought in uh, two former top five picks and Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin. I don't feel the same way about this trade that I did when Flames uh, traded Matthew Kachuk and Brad Trelevin kind of fought his way out of uh, the corner that Kachuk put him in and he was able to get uh, first line left winger and Jonathan Huberdeau and a first or second pairing defenseman and Mackenzie Weger and uh, pretty good prospect and a first round pick but even though I don't love this trade as much as I loved those trades at the time I feel like in a year or two Logan this might look like a pretty good deal for the Flames because when you compare five on five points for Tyler Toffoli and Diego Sharangovich during their careers not a big difference there and I think it's safe to say that you know Tyler Toffoli if uh He's not going to be in the prime of his career moving forward is just kind of coming out of that where with Yeager Sharangovich, he's three years into his NHL career. So if he gets an opportunity to play a little bit bigger role, he gets uh, some more power play time with the Flames. I think, uh, well, maybe not the sky's the limit, uh, but I think he's still got plenty of upside. And then, hey, in a really deep draft, you have the 80th overall pick and they'll have to wait and see who the Flames grab and how he develops. So, uh, the trade might not look great from a Flames perspective today. I don't think it looks bad, but I think it look, could look pretty good down the road. And of course, uh, something not new to Craig Conroy because his predecessor, Brad Treliving, did this a lot too, bringing in RFAs that need new contracts. He signs Yegor up to a new deal today, Derek. It's a two-year contract, $3.1 million on the AAV. I like that number a lot. I think it gives both sides a good opportunity to get to know each other and, you know, talk about an extension down the road if it fits for both sides. What did you make of hearing that he got a two-year deal from the team today? Well, it didn't take long. So clearly <laughs> the player is uh, happy to be getting a chance with another team that uh, maybe sees him a little bit uh, differently than his former team did. And, you know, I, I must admit that uh, in limited viewings, uh, he did pop for me in quite a few of those games. So there is something there and, and that seems to be the scouting report on him but you know, it sounds like a fair contract for both the player and for the team uh, with the salary cap being fairly stagnant uh, this year you do wonder if uh, you know, things work out for Sharon Govich uh, with the Flames if uh, a long-term extension could be in the cards as you were just talking about as soon as potentially next summer but uh, I think it's uh, a 
contract that works for both sides right now. And hey, going from Toffoli to Sharon Govich, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Flames are a better team today than they were yesterday. But I don't think that there's going to be a, a huge drop off. Toffoli was a first line player last year. I see Sharon Govich as a middle six guy next season. And uh, who knows, uh, with more of an opportunity, maybe uh, there isn't such a, a huge gap between their goal production and their point produ- production like there was last season. It was a career year for Toffoli and a, a down year for Sharon Govich. So we'll have to wait and see how the next couple of years play out. But I think it's a fair contract for both sides right now. And, hey, you get younger, you get a little bit faster, you save a little bit of money. And in uh, today's NHL, those uh, are, are usually all good things. Uh, you touched on one point there that I really was interested in. I think you make a good one there, Derek, is that the, the team gets younger. And I think uh, a lot of Flames fans, you know, were very worried heading into this offseason, knowing that, look, Jonathan Huberto's 30 years old. Nazem Kadri's 32 years old. These are a couple of guys that are tied to long-term money here in Calgary. I, I don't know that it made sense to add Tyler Toffoli to that list. I know he wouldn't be in the same sort of stratosphere of, of money made as those two guys, but still another guy over 30. And this is something Craig Conroy's talked about is this team getting younger and needing more of that speed. This is something that I feel if you go back to any of the games that we did at the Saddle Dome last year, Derek, we would have been begging for more of those kind of qualities that Sharon Govich brings to the team. Yeah. And for me, that's not a knock on Tyler Defoley. He's never really been fleet of foot, uh, but you could say the same thing about Matthew Kachuk. But I think one thing those two guys have in common, and the reason that if you travel back in time to last summer when the Flames lost Kachuk, I suggested that Toffoli was as good a guy to replace him as anybody on the roster because neither guy skates all that well, but they've both got incredibly high hockey IQs and a lot of skill, and it worked out pretty well for Toffoli and the Flames, you know, kind of finding his way into that uh, spot that Kachuk used to occupy on the right side of that first line. But it's... Uh, it is good to add some speed because that is certainly the direction the league is going in. You look at how good the Devils were last season, at least during the regular season and the first round of the playoffs, and you know, speed kills, and that's their calling card. A really fast team, and you know, Sharon Govich might not be McDavid, but he's uh, certainly faster than Toffoli, so you do add a bit of speed, but you know, getting younger is a good thing, and the reason I like this deal, I don't believe the Flames should tear it down to the studs and, and rebuild but it looks like they're going to have to at least retool. And I know some people don't uh, think there's a big difference between those two phrases or or words, but I I think there is a significant difference because a rebuild for me is something that could be painfully long and isn't guaranteed to work out where uh, a retool with the core pieces you've already got in place with some of the young prospects you've got in your system, who I think are a lot like Jacob Pelche right on the precipice of becoming full-time NHL players and guys who can contribute. You know, I do think you can read tool on the fly here. And Sharon Govich is a guy who is clearly an NHLer and who I think can, can step in and, and kind of hit the ground running. So I like the trade from that perspective. It wasn't just a futures deal, even though you get a, a third round pick in the deal. And now for me, uh, again, I, I hate to keep coming back to this Logan, but for me, it's all about Elias Lindholm now. If he decides to stay, I think you can plug some holes around him. If he doesn't, that might alter the direction you have to go in. Do you think a deal like this, seeing a guy more established like Tyler Toffoli leaving, do you think that has a negative effect on, on how Elias might look at it, Derek? Or do you think if you're Craig Conroy, you can sell him on somebody like Sharon Govich coming into the team? 
Well, I think if you're Craig Conroy, you're going to try to sell Elias Lindholm on Yegor Sharangovich and a third-round pick coming in because, as I just said, it's not just a futures deal. Yes, you had a third-round pick and a good draft, a deep draft, but you also bring in an NHL-ready player who's been higher than a point a game in the first three seasons of his NHL career. So if he gets back to where he was in his sophomore season, the Flames are going to have a 20-goal scorer, and you know if he takes even a little bit of a step forward, probably a 50-point guy. So you're bringing in a middle six guy. It's not like you're trading him for uh, a couple of second-round picks that you you don't know what they're going to be and, and when they're going to be what they're going to be. So I do think there are a couple of different ways you can spin it, but uh, I suspect uh, Conrad will try to spin it uh, to, to Lindholm that, hey, we're bringing in an established NHLer who we think uh, has a, a way higher ceiling than what we've seen so far three years into his career. And, and we're getting a little bit younger and we're saving a little bit of money, which might lead uh, uh, to some other things that we can do. So uh, I'm guessing that's how we'll try to sell it to him. Uh, Derek Wills is along with us. He's the voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And Derek, obviously tons of moving around the NHL right now. I know Flames fans have been antsy for a move. And, and yes, now Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin sort of dive back into the spotlight for the Calgary Flames. Pat's talked about this. I know Friedman's talked about this that the Flames are willing to be patient and find the right deal, if that's what it means with both of these guys. But I'm curious for your perspective, especially on Lindholm, how long are you willing to wait if you're Craig Conroy on that final decision, if he's coming back or not for Elias Lindholm? I would be hesitant to start the season with him if he's made it clear that he's not interested in signing a long-term extension. I would be hesitant, but with that said, you also don't want teams holding a gun to your head and and feeling like they've got all the leverage and you have none. And the one trade that kind of comes to mind that I thought Joe Sackick should have made sooner than he did, but in hindsight worked out really well for the avalanche and helped them win a Stanley cup, the Matt Duchesne deal. I think a lot of us at the time were critical uh, that that Sackett waited as long as he did to make that trade, but then he made it and you're like, wow, great return. Didn't think you'd get that much, especially waiting this long. So, you know, if, you, if you're Conroy and you have to move Lindholm, and clearly he doesn't want to do that, but if you have to move him, and I think the same would apply to Noah Hannafin, then you've got to wait for the right deal. And you can't panic and, and make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. But, you know, the one thing that does scare me a little bit, the, the Flames, I don't think, are going to go into next season uh, perceived to be a lottery team. And I'm not saying that, the vast majority of people, if they have to move out Lindholm and Hannaford, are going to you know, predict them to win the Pacific Division or, or even be a Stanley Cup playoff team. But I also don't think that they're going to be a bottom feeder, kind of like the Blackhawks were or the Coyotes were going into last season. So if you start the season with Lindholm and Hannaford in your roster and everything kind of comes together and all the things that went wrong last season go right this season and suddenly you're top three in the Pacific Division – and it looks like he could get to the playoffs and maybe make some noise. I think it's tough to trade your number one centerman and one of your top four defensemen when you're in that position. And that's the thing that would frighten me a little bit. So if you have to move Lindholm, I think it's better if the right deal is there to do it before the season starts. But if the right deal isn't there, then maybe you have to kind of wait it out like Sackett did with Duchesne and wait for someone to get desperate and pay the price that you want. Now, Hannafin, I will add that I'd be surprised if Hannafin wasn't moved before the start of the season, yeah. more so than Lindholm. 
yeah, with him seemingly making up his mind, it, it feels like that's a little bit more cut and dry for, for Hannafin than it is for Lindholm. A couple more for you, Derek. Uh, starting with uh, the other event that happened in Nashville earlier this week, um, the NHL Awards, Michael Backlund, the lone flame up for an award, and he wins uh, the King Clancy Trophy for all the humanitarian work that he does uh, in and around the city of Calgary. You've known Backs well from your time here in Calgary. He's one of the good guys. How cool was it to see him and his wife take home that award and get some recognition from around the league for all the work he does? Yeah, and he was uh, literally one of the good guys last season, a co-winner of the Peter Mark Good Guy Award, which, uh, man, uh, him and Blake Coleman certainly deserved to share that honor last season. But now, I'm a huge fan of Michael Backlund. Obviously, he's uh, been in Calgary a lot longer than I have, but I've had a chance to get to know him, uh, of course, as a player, but also as a person over the last nine years. And I'll say this, and I think this is the biggest compliment that I can give Michael Backlund, the person. I haven't met a better person uh, during my nine years calling NHL games, on the ice or off the ice. He's a, a great guy. I had a chance to meet his dad. I can tell you the apple didn't fall far from the tree. You understand why Michael is uh, who he is and the way he is after you get a chance to, to spend some time with the dad. And I'm just so happy for him. He's meant so much to the city of Calgary, both on the ice and off the ice uh, since being a first round pick back in 2007. And uh, clearly that investment uh, has paid big time dividends for the flames. But you know, I do wonder what Michael Backlund's future holds. And if, he is in a way tied to Elias Lindholm because you know, Michael's at a stage where he knows he probably only has a handful of you know, middle six centermen in the NHL or, or maybe in the NHL period, and he wants to have a chance to win. I, I think if everything fell into place, he'd rather do that as a member of the Flames than with any of the other 31 teams. But if Lindholm leaves, I'm guessing Backlund's probably going to say, uh, I'm not liking the Flames' chances to win a Stanley Cup in the next two or three years, so uh, maybe I'll look for greener pastures. But if they can keep Lindholm, then I think there's a better chance that Backlund stays as well. But a great guy coming off a career year. And, you know, much like Tyler Toffoli, I'm, I'm not going to give Michael Backlund a six- or seven- or eight-year contract extension, and I think that's probably why there is a divorce between the Flames and Toffoli. But, hey, if I can get him under contract, around the same number that he was at for the next three years and hand him the captaincy with that. I think that'd be great for the player and great for the team as well. Another piece of flames related news. Uh, I wanted to get your take on. It sounds like Milan Lucic is destined to reunite uh, back in Boston where he started his NHL career after, you know, the last few years in Calgary. And just given how it started, Derek, going back to that, that James Neal trade and, you know, yeah. what a what a weird time that was and the, the skepticism I think a lot of people had about Milan coming to Calgary. What are you going to remember about his time uh, as a member of the Calgary Flames if it is true that his time's done with the team and he is heading back to Boston? Well, I'm not going to lie or rewrite history, Logan. Uh, I was on the golf course when that trade happened and someone shouted over from another fairway saying, hey, the Flames traded uh, Neil for Lucic. And I'm like, What? <laughs> And I hated the deal at the time. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was terrible. I thought there was a way better chance that James Neal would bounce back than Milan Lucic would bounce back. But in hindsight, Logan, that was as good a trade as the Flames could have made because they saved a little bit of money. They got a guy who was a problem in the dressing room, out of the dressing room. And I know that Lucic had some ups and downs on the ice during his time with the Flames, but he also did a lot of really good things for the team. And, you know, he was 
the enforcer who didn't always have to drop the gloves because uh, he just had that presence. Guys on other teams, in a lot of cases, just didn't want to deal with them or have to worry about dealing with them. So, you know, even though he maybe didn't fight as often as some Flames fans would have liked, uh, he still did his job in that sense. And, you know, the guy can still make plays. And we saw that even last season. Uh, obviously not the world's greatest skater. When he's going north-south or south-north, you know, he, he can get going at a pretty good pace when he's going in a straight line. But, you know, a guy who uh, I think was uh, a really important part of the leadership group inside that dressing room and, and did some good things on the ice. And, hey, he was a better fit in the room than Neil was. There's no doubt about that. So you know, I wish Milan all the best uh, moving forward. I uh, didn't think he'd be back with the Flames next season, so I'm not surprised to hear that uh, there could potentially be a reunion with the Bruins where he won a Stanley Cup back in 2011. But uh, uh, didn't think he was a fit for the Flames moving forward, but uh, doesn't mean that he won't be a good fit uh, for another team in a shorter-term deal. Uh, and before we let you go here, Derek, uh, round one of the draft goes tonight. Uh, Flames are at 16th overall. What's your uh, excitement level to find out who the newest member of the Flames are tonight? Well, I am excited because uh, they've got uh, a mid-first-round pick in what is a really good draft, and they're probably going to get a good player. Maybe not a guy who's ready to play right away. Probably not a guy who's ready to play right away at number 16, but a guy who could be ready in a year or two. And look at the last... Uh, handful of Flames first-round picks. Jacob Peltier, I don't know about you, but I've got him penned in as a full-time NHLer to start next season. Uh, Connor Zary, I actually thought, was one of the better younger players during uh, preseason in, in training camp last year. Maybe he takes a step during the offseason, and, and maybe he pushes for a spot, depending on where the Flames are at uh, when all is said and done uh, come September or October. And you know, then you've got uh, Matt Coronado, who made his NHL debut, and Definitely didn't look out of place and uh, could be a scoring winger. And Flames have been looking for those types of players for a long, long time. So when you think about some of the first-round picks they've had in recent years and the fact that they've got a mid-first-round pick and what looks like a really good draft, it's exciting. And I know that there are a lot of Flames fans clamoring to uh, infuse some young players, some young talent uh, onto the NHL roster and uh, – I'm not sure how many of those guys are going to be on the roster to start the season, but I suspect there'll be uh, more than one. And uh, who knows? You know, maybe if they, they get the right guy, he'll surprise us during training camp in the preseason. I'm not saying he's going to have the type of impact that Matthew Kachuk did when he went sixth overall, although, hey, the Flames had him going back to junior. That was their plan for him, but he blew him away during training camp in the preseason and during the spot. So uh, excited for tonight. Uh, excited to see who they take at 16 if they do indeed stay there and also wondering if there might be a deal between uh, now and the end of the night, Logan. Yeah, it's certainly going to be uh, worth keeping an eye on. It's been so busy the last couple of days and the flames got uh, into it themselves with that deal yesterday. Wilsey, thanks for the time. I do appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll keep you by your phone in case something happens, but thanks for the time today, Derek. Sounds good, Logan. We'll talk soon. Take care. Derek Wills, the voice of the flames here on Sportsnet 960, joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. All things Yegor Sharangovich and the Tyler Toffoli swap. And yeah, we're already looking ahead to tonight, just a few hours away from round one beginning at the uh, NHL draft in Nashville. We've got you covered all evening long. Steinberg and Vickers live from the draft floor, breaking it all down for you. Will we see any more moves from the Flames tonight uh, ahead of round one? Uh, what's going to happen when the clock officially starts and the Blackhawks go up to the podium to select Connor Bedard? There's been a ton of intrigue, been a ton of moves already uh, as we get closer to the draft, and we'll see if any of that 
uh, spills over onto the draft floor over the next two days. Derek joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. The hotline getting a workout because we're going to use it again next. This time we're going to dial up Nashville, bringing our pal Julian McKenzie, who covers the Flames for the Athletic. Get a uh, live view from what's uh, been up for Julian in Nashville. Get his thoughts on Sharon Govich to the Flames and uh, some thoughts around the NHL draft. All of that as Hour 2 kicks off next with Julian McKenzie right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.